Welcome back to the True Face Podcast. Hello, Welcome. everybody. Yeah, so we are continuing in Proverbs on work. And one of the things that we may have uh, led you to believe last week, or at least I, that um, we know a lot about how to use our why to uh, make sure we know how to do our what. And I thought I should clarify, at least for me, this is a struggle. This is such a struggle. I'm thinking about it all the time. And this actually reframes for me why it's so lovely at times to get into the word because there's so much encouragement. And what comes to mind for me is um, in Colossians 1, there is this passage, which I will let you go read. We don't have time for it today, but it is all about why we work in the orchard. And even when things aren't going well, why and how we get to work in the orchard. And it has encouraged me so much, not only about my why, but when my what doesn't seem to line up with my why, it's, um, this is a reason why we would do devotions. This is a reason why we, we would come back to the word to get encouraged. And so we hope to encourage you with the word today mm-hmm. here in Proverbs. And so we're going to start uh, right out of the gate, out of chapter six, with one that a lot of people have read over the years. Um, Bree, will you read that one for us? Chapter six, verse six through 11. Yes. Um, go to the ant, O sluggard. Oh, sluggard. <laughs> like we said, encouraging. Yes, yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, consider her ways and be wise without having any chief officer or ruler. She prepares her bread in summer and gathers her food and harvest. How long will you lie there, O sluggard? Gosh, that slug again. Yeah. <laughs> How long will you lie there, O sluggard? When will you arise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. And poverty will come upon you like a robber and want like an armed man. Yeah, remember Proverbs, they're not a complete promise. Um <laughs> <laughs> This does uh, accentuate last week we were talking about the woman who who is prepared strategically. Therefore, she's able to be generous. She works so hard. She's so thoughtful. But there's also another side of it um, that we're there's all kinds of gifts from God. Um, yeah. And I combined this one. This is Sam, by the way. Um, Hi, Sam. Hi, Sam. <laughs> Verse 12, 11, um, Whoever works his land will have plenty of bread, but whoever follows worthless pursuits lacks sense. And to me, this is talking about doing things that you were made for. Um, It made me think of a a story. It's a book that a family friend gave to my son about a mouse, a family of mice preparing for the winter, the typical story of they're all gathering food for the winter, and then this one little mouse is sitting on a wall watching the sunset or playing in the grass, and they're all, what are you doing, mouse? We're preparing for the winter, and he's just doing his thing. And then winter comes, and it's long. It's longer than they expected, and the days are gray, and they run out of food. And then this little mouse starts telling stories and writing poems about what sunshine feels like and how the warmth – yeah, and the, the, their, their little cave comes to life with the little mouse's stories um, <laughs> and that gets carries them through the winter. It's just the sweetest story about somebody – possibly looking like they were following a worthless pursuit, but actually just doing what they were made for Mm -hmm. um, and the fruits of that. Yeah, I love how that shows that you can prepare in so many different ways. Like, I I go back to, like, the Mary and Martha dichotomy of, you know, there are a lot of people that are like, well, no, prepare with your hands. Make the baked good and Mm -hmm. actually build a shed in your backyard and and make money and, and all those things that are, can be really good things and are the more like outwardly practical. But there's also so many ways to store up and to plan for the future in the ways that you're gifted in. Um, thinking of, 
of storing up in relationships and storing up encouragement and storing up affirmation. Like it doesn't, yeah, I just love that example, Sam, of putting that, the truth from Proverbs, but with that doesn't always look like what it yeah. looks like for an actual ant. And I love how in both situations, you're serving your family, you're serving the body with your best gifts. The The idea of working really hard, it's really easy, especially in the arts, especially in creative, to make it about outside accolades for self. When God never gave that to us, and it will never be enough for just us. But when we get to provide for others, joy, celebration, and sometimes tangibly in ways that are, are monetary or that are material through our creativity... Well, God's going to rejoice in that. And so are you that much more than just someone saying, wow, you wrote a really great song, which would be true. But also there's all different kinds of work and work is meant to bless many, not one. Sam, I love how that story turns out. It, it caught me off guard. We, we really were talking about and we thought it was going to say and winter went long. And they ended up eating the little mouse, uh, <laughs> cooking the mouse. And, and so his body was valuable to the community, even though he didn't work hard. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, I just love how that turns. Yeah. You little artist, get, get in the fire. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Call him a Bendigo the mouse. I don't know. So, yeah. In uh, verse 22, 29, it says, do you see uh, a man? Do you see a person skillful in their work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. How, how, what does that mean? I love, I think this verse means a lot of things, but one of the things that I really like about it is the order that this is someone that is skillful in their work. Like that's how the verse starts. This is someone that's poured time and energy and intention into being excellent at whatever it is that they do. And because of that, they receive recognition. They stand in front of Kings, but it's not about, this isn't someone that was like, Oh, I just want to do whatever impresses the people that are impressive or, or is chasing that kind of recognition. But it's someone that's saying wherever I am and whatever I'm doing, I'm going to do it really excellently and I'm going to pour my heart into it. And I, I'm going to care about the quality and about being this really skillful worker and having skillful workmanship and that that then leads to recognition. And that doesn't always look like mm-hmm. what we expect it to maybe look like. I mean, I feel like that's kind of a theme in most of these is now think about this from a couple of perspectives, because this doesn't mean that you will be the CEO of a fortune 500 company, mm-hmm. even though you're really skillful, because that's not, where the Lord's priorities are. So much of my background in history and work is in the corporate environment. And so coming from like 10 years working for corporate to working for a nonprofit, I often have have that, um, that struggle almost, that internal struggle of um, what I'm doing is, and coming back to David's why. Um, sometimes I often think, well, is, is that what I was made for to be light in the corporate world and, and do that or, but I forget what I'm doing here or what we're doing here is so important. Um, and I think whatever we do, do, be proud of it. And that's where the Lord has you. And whether we're standing before kings or whether it's anyone else, we can be proud of what we're doing. Um, but that is a struggle of, I think, especially that perception of what people have um, of us, um, what, what's more important. Mm-hmm. And Yeah, absolutely. And I was 
so in my background, if some of you don't know, is actually in the zookeeping world and then in conservation and was on a very science track to somewhere else. And then here I am. It's all very confusing. <laughs> um, and I last year in October, I took on a second job in addition to being full time here and um, was doing this impact assessment for a charity in the UK, um, a conservation charity. Um, and so grateful for my team here that that let me do that when it almost killed me and took me away from work sometimes. And um, and it was so interesting that to learn very painfully that that looked impressive. It sounded impressive to my other grad friends to be like, oh, yeah, this is what I'm doing now. This is I could list it to other people that asked what I did. Look at all the things that I do. Um, look at this title that I have with an overseas company, like whatever. Mm -hmm. And it killed me. I hated it. Mm -hmm. Doing that work, I, I learned, okay, 90% of this I hate. There's 10% that I really love and I get really excited about. And 90% of it I hated. Mm -hmm. And it was such a clear picture to me mm -hmm. of, no, none of my grad friends understand what in the world we do here or why <laughs> I'm here. No matter how many times I explain it, they don't know the Lord. And they're just kind of like, why are you just, you know, off in this little side pool? But I believe in my work here. I like 90% of my work here. And yeah, 10% probably I'm like, ugh, wish I didn't have to do that task because that's life. But it was so, it was such a painful lesson for me because I really struggle with that too. Of mm -hmm. How does it look to outside people? How does it look to my family? How does it look to my friends? How does it look to, to people that are non-believers that I know from other areas? But learning that this, this gives me life, this I enjoy, this I believe in, even though I, you know, it's, it's not a very exciting title when I introduce myself at cocktail parties. <laughs> <laughs> we, we keep tying in identity as we need to, to why we would do anything, but especially when it comes to work titles, um, seeming impressive. When we talk about our why, we're not just talking about a, a reason for a what we're talking about who we are. And who we are can carry us through doing some what's that we may not want to be doing or through some times that are not succeeding. Um, identity, getting that right is not an easy thing. It, it's not even just a daily thing. It's like a moment by moment. We forget who we are. We forget our why. I do all the time. And we have to be very intentional and work at um, knowing our why. And I was listening to, of all things, To Kill a Mockingbird recently, and it was going through the history of the Finch family. And it was talking about one became a lawyer and one went and became a doctor. And then the uh, one of them stayed behind. And she married a man who spent most of his time laying in a hammock by the river, wondering if his trout lines were full. And I remember thinking, oh... Oh, you can be lazy and you can be well cared for and you can not have any concerns in the world. And that is not ever the world that I would choose. We are built to improve this world, to be a light, to do something, not to just for our own gratification. And I forget that. And so even in the secular realm, I'm looking for, for stories that remind me of my who I am, and why I do what I do and why certain things like laying in a hammock all day uh, aren't going to fulfill me. I'd like to lay in a hammock more often, but why that won't fulfill me. 
And so, as we continue in the Proverbs... First, you have to buy the hammock. All right. You know, that's someone else yeah. can buy it for you. Oh, okay. Find two trees. Can we go together on a yeah. hammock? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, there's, there's all kinds of verses about if he who works his land will have much bread, and he who doesn't will have much poverty. And, and, those, and those are true. Um, but keep looking to your why for your what. Even And we're not saying that it's going to be easy to, to stay on that track. Yeah. Um, we're going to be continuing in Proverbs, but soon we have a devotional coming out and we wrote it with the hope that we could encourage people daily in scripture. Yeah, we are beside ourselves for it to come out because it represents our voices in a year's time of saying, these are the things that we struggle with day to day. These are the things that we, that give us hope day to day. Um, and so it'll come out. Early December, yeah, in time for Christmas, and so every one of you were asking, would you buy four cases <laughs> at, a, at a minimum? It's all been leading up to yeah. that. Yeah, is that yeah. so wrong to ask you people get to work, earn, <laughs> so earn more money, so you can buy our devotion? Yeah. <laughs> give them to friends. Yeah, yeah. And Sam, we worked really hard on this, and we've been frustrated about the process. But just say anything you want to about the design process and what it's been like to try to put this book out it's been fun it's been a learning curve for all of us i've never uh worked on a book before and i'm new at true face so this is my first one but um it's been cool to work on a team and see how that whole thing works and learn the whole process inside out from how book bindings work and yeah. you know yeah. um so it's been good Sam only wanted to murder me once in this process, which I feel like is a step up. Uh, it's a win. You know, that I, you know That she expressed with her words. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know what, though? The it, cover and all of it turned out beautiful, too. It really, it, it's not even the way we started thinking about it. And mm -hmm. So good. We want to thank you. So many of you have bought our materials before, have given to us. You have invested, and we get to work here because you believe in what we're doing, and we want to keep giving you a ways to, to share this. And so we hope that this is a grand, grand inspiration and also encouragement to you when it comes out. We'll see you next week on the True Face Podcast. Bye-bye, you guys. See you.